0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. A lot of wisdom in this. It is only up to lunchtime, um, so if you've got plans for the rest of the day, you know, there's still room to enjoy those, so please join us. And, and uh, great this morning, Julie, Ellen, and everybody that's just inputted into the service. And uh, the, the guys really did do well, didn't they? You know, they really, really did do well. So... Uh, This morning, we're going to just launch off into this huge subject, and we're still committed to finishing in 30 minutes, so the Holy Spirit, and this morning, I'm going to try and talk a little bit about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and over the next three weeks, Helen's going to come and bring a message on the fruit of the Spirit, very important And if you try and live the fruit of the Spirit without the Holy Spirit, you know, you're setting yourself up for a breakdown, you know. But the Spirit of God in us, love, joy, peace, it works. And also, we've got a visiting speaker in the guise of uh, Pastor David Shearman that's going to talk about the life of the Spirit. How can we just be naturally supernatural? How can we be in our human frame, uh, but also be responsive to the Spirit of God? So, um, as always, Chris is going to help me at the back, put some uh, uh, screenshots up that will help you. Some of you like to take notes uh, and some of you just uh, help by the fact that some of the Bible verses uh, go up. So we're going to launch off on this journey of thinking about the gifts of the Spirit by looking at Acts chapter 2 verse 33. Acts chapter 2, the, I love this verse. I love the Holy Spirit. I love what he's doing in the earth. And, uh, and uh, so today, more than anything, and over these three weeks, more than anything, we just want the church to be increasingly open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. So here's a verse. It's in the message of Peter. And on the back of this message, 3,000 people became Christians, exalted to the right hand of God. That's the place of authority. He has received Jesus from the Father, the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. Now, with Jesus, there was crucifixion. Three days later, there was resurrection. Forty days after that, there was ascension. He left earth and went to heaven. And the fourth thing is there was exaltation. He's far above all. He's at the right hand of the throne of the Father. He holds the world together. He's got it, guys. You can trust him in the storm. Because Jesus Christ is never ever going to abdicate his reign. And the sign that Jesus' mission was accomplished, that he'd gone through the cross, he'd rose from the third day, shown himself abide by many infallible proofs, and he'd gone back to the right hand of the Father is that he pours out, he pours out the Spirit of God in the earth. The Holy Spirit didn't come into being in Acts chapter 2. He's God. And the Bible describes him as the eternal God. But here's a fresh expression of the Spirit of God in the earth. Remember, the disciples were frightened to death because Jesus said, Hey guys, I'm going. Hey, I'm going. And you're going to be left. You're just going to be down. Oh, Jesus, don't go, don't go. What are we going to do without you? You know, when we make mistakes, you put us right. When we get it wrong, you correct us and scold us and disciples. us. And the, Jesus says, don't worry. He says, when I go, I'm going to send one, the Holy Spirit who will come alongside you, the paraclete. And it will be like, I'm with you personally. So don't worry. And here's the Spirit of God shed into the earth. By the way, in Acts chapter 2, it says, in the last days... I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh. I don't want to be naughty this morning, but we've been in the last days, friends, in Acts, since Acts chapter 2. And, uh, you know, if, you know we, we have to navigate that thought of the last days well. You know, if you're navigating the last days through the crisis in Ukraine, you're going to drive yourself crazy. You know. God's in control. Yes, there is a day coming when Jesus Christ will come again to the earth. We're not called to stress and uh, forever argue with people about what that day is. But we live in the light of the last days. And the Spirit of God has been shed in the earth to give us everything we need to be more than what God wants us to be in the days in which we live. Whether it was then or whether it is now. Now. So, the gifts of the Spirit. Who likes a gift? Yes, Helen, you got a gift this morning. Tim making your coffee. Boy, that's a gift. And uh, I like a gift, you know. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's flowers to people and chocolates. Make it chocolates for me, please. But, uh, <laughs> She says, Oh, they, what is the these?" the East? Bought us these flowers. <laughs> no chocolate. <laughs> but we all like a gift. And uh, sometimes a gift can be very expensive, but sometimes it can be just something that's very simple but thoughtful. So I, uh, we, we have this ongoing conversation, but I like cards. I like Christmas cards. I send out more Christmas cards than Sharon does. And I love receiving Christmas cards as well. Why? Because for me, they're a gift. You know, somebody I've not seen all year. I feel Sharon. Trust you're doing well. God bless you. I've got a smile on my face. I thought that person's taking five minutes to think about me. They live 400 miles away and they've sent me a card. They've sent me a gift. So it doesn't always have to be expensive. Guys, occasionally you need to push it, you know, push the wallet out a little bit. And make it a little bit more expensive. You know what I'm saying? The Bible speaks a lot about gifts. Gifts can't be earned. You know, if I'm sent to Sharon, yeah, oh, yeah, you put that washing machine on last week, you did the washing, and I noticed that you did us four meals, I'm paying you for it. That's not a gift. By the way, we don't live like that, but. (laughs) The gift's not earned. It's not because you're doing something. It's because you love someone. You appreciate them. And the Bible is full of gifts. Here's four gifts to think about. The gift of God in Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He loves to give. The gift of salvation. John 1, 12. If we... Believe in him, he gives us authority to become the sons of God. You don't deserve that. It's a gift. It's a gift of authority. The gift of grace. We're not saved by works, but we're saved by grace. And grace is the unmerited, undeserved favor of God. You think about the word grace in its origins. It speaks about free. Oh, I got this, free gratis. That's where the words collide And sometimes it seems incredible. Godfrey Bertle, a great modern songwriter, wrote the song Outrageous Grace. It seems too good to be true. That's why we're here this morning. The gospel is amazing. No matter what you've done, no matter how you've failed, no matter what you've messed up, no more sin that you've done in your life, grace freely comes and says, It's not by works but you are saved freely by my free gifts and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus says, if a good father knows how to give, even though he's evil, in other words, he's sinful, knows how to give good gifts to his, father, to his son, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit's To those that ask him. We've had phases in the history of the church where the reason that the church wasn't full of the Holy Spirit is because the church wasn't asking the Father for it. They thought they could do it in religion. They thought they could do it in intellectualism. They thought they could do it simply through their own efforts. And it failed every time. And when the church comes back to saying that if sinful men know how to give good gifts to their father, and therefore the father wants to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to his people and receive the gifts, something happens. Now here's the next verse, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1. This is Paul writing to a church in Corinth And he says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, I do not want you to be uninformed, or some translations say ignorant. That word ignorant can be a bit ugly. It's not meant to be. It's meant to be, I don't want you to not realize what I want to give to you. Over the history of time, the churches on occasions sought to reflect its belief in the Holy Spirit. So, for example, the Apostles' Creed. "I, we believe in the Holy Spirit. And even in modern-day songs, uh, this has taken place. That great song that captures the Apostles' Creed, Our Father Everlasting, says that we believe that God is three in one, that we believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this church believes in The gift of the Holy Spirit. Spirit baptized. Acts chapter 2. Spirit filled again and again and again. Spirit led into our needy world and making a difference. And Spirit gifted. I don't want you to be uninformed about the gifts. Now, sadly, on occasions, the Holy Spirit has been uh, connected with the mysterious, or if we can use a modern-day word, the, word uh, the weird. And the more weirder it's been in some contexts, the more people have seemed to claim that the work of the Spirit is at hand. The Holy Spirit, as we've already said, is one who comes alongside who can be trusted and relied upon again and again and again. Now listen, there are times when he works unusually. There are times when he works sovereignly, and we must be open for that. But the Spirit of God always cuts through carnality to bring his life and his purpose. Sadly, on occasions, the truth and blessing of the person and work of the Holy Spirit has been misrepresented. And that's sad. Sometimes even by fraud and fraudulent ministries that have ridden on the language of the Holy Spirit. But have certainly not expressed it in the way that they have conducted themselves. It's led to some people pushing away. Whoa, I don't want any of that. Whoa, going down that arena church. Whoa, you want to be careful. Yeah. And it's sad. I want to tell you one of the things the Holy Spirit cannot do, he cannot hurt us. He's utterly trustworthy, utterly reliable, utterly dependable. Will the comforter always make it comfortable for you? No. When the Spirit of God speaks, at times it will be anything other than comfortable. But if you will yield to him, if you will trust him, if you will respond to him, he'll do an amazing work in your life. Here's three things that we sometimes have to just push against. And I'll run through them very quickly. Number one, falsehood. Falsehood. All the religious cults, without exception, Get it wrong about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an influence, he's not a force, he's not an energy or simply a power. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is a person. And mistreating or misappropriating the work of the Holy Spirit is so sad. Sometimes it's done, been done by poor teaching. I tell you, poor teaching is far worse than no teaching. It clings to people. Oh, it's, and if you're still sort of wrapped up in some poor teaching of 10 or 20 years ago, God wants you to be free and move into what he's called you to be. And So we have to be careful we don't grieve the spirit, vex the spirit or quench the spirit. And then fear, fear about Christian said to me, oh yeah, well, you know when sometimes when, uh, you know, Christian asks people to, we've had a couple of altar calls recently, it's been fantastic. You know, comes to the front, I, I never respond to that because, you know, I want to be in control, I want to be in charge. And I've heard about the Holy Spirit sending people under chairs and knocking things over and falling on the thing. So I don't want any of that. It's fear, guys. It's fear. You can wrap it up however you like. exactly you want to be in control and the greatest place that we can come to in our life is when he's in control we've sang it this morning all I want is you do we (laughs) all I want is you and you've got to move beyond that and receive God's I say, I say this very carefully. If you are frightened of the pure, beautiful presence of God, there's nothing wrong with the presence of God. There are some questions about your heart condition. Because the presence of God woos us. The presence of God heals us. The presence of God draws us. The presence of God can change a situation in a moment. And here's the proof verse. In Romans chapter 8, verses 15 to 17, God has not called us to a spirit of fear that brings bondage. He has called us to the spirit of adoption. Another name for the Holy Spirit by which we cry, Abba. In other words, deliberately there in the translator's expression of the Bible, they've left the Aramaic word in to describe the intimate connection between the Father and the Father. Daddy, now I have to, let me confess, I'm not over keen on people always going around calling God daddy, you know. And I, there's one or two people come, not in our church, but have come to me in my, you know, father seems to capture it better. But here in this moment, he's dada. He's dada. Who has created that response? The Holy Spirit. Not giving us a spirit of bondage again to fear where we're frightened, But a spirit of adoption. Whereby we come right up to him. We cuddle up to the father. We sit on his knee. We're loved of God. We're loved of God. Just last night, I'm sat quietly in our front room just thinking about this morning. And all I can describe is for about 10 or 15 minutes, um, there was just an incredible sense of the affirmation of God over me. It can come to you as well. You know... God likes me. Woo! Yeah, very good. Some people don't like me, I get that, you know. But God likes me. And God loves me. And He just, it was just like a whisper to my heart that He was for me, He was around me, He was under me, He was over me, He was around me. He called me. I sat with Dada. It wasn't something to fear, it was something to enjoy and embrace. And then forgetfulness. Oh. Denominations birthed in the spirit. And then think they can take it forward in their own efforts. Apostles replaced by administrators. Prophets replaced by politicians. That all of a sudden it's the, it's the thermometer at the side of the church that seems to be the driver in everybody's understanding of how the church we've got a vision. We're not giving to it. Will you come and give to it? You know, I don't think you're going to see a thermometer outside the arena church anytime soon. We're going to believe in what God does through us, forgetfulness. And in Galatians, the people had so forgotten the work of the Holy Spirit that Paul comes and writes a letter to them. And by the way, in our summer series, we're doing Galatians. And he says, you're foolish. In fact, if I can use another word, he says, you're bewitched. If You've been sort of completely deceived because you started in the Spirit and then you forgot about Him. And went back to trying to do it in your own efforts. And of course, it will never work. Now in the last few minutes of the message, when we think of the word gift in the New Testament, we think of the word charisma. It means a grace gift. Going back to where we started, it's a gift given that we can't, don't deserve. And in some churches, and I really don't have a problem with this, they would describe all gifts in the church as charisma gifts. So the drummer, the bass guitarist, the pianist, the singers this morning, the leader of the service, uh, the, the uh, uh, Chris and Faith on the back desk, uh, the guys on the uh, welcome, the people making the teas after. And there's a sense that that is true. We get that. But in 1 Corinthians 12, where we try to land the verse, those gifts in the original language called spirituals are defined by their beyond natural expression. Let me use the word. Because often it's been hijacked by the powers of darkness and we want to reclaim it for the kingdom of light. Supernatural. Beyond ourselves beyond ourselves, and I'm just going to give seven brief reflections on those gifts, remember, now about the gifts of the Spirit, I do not want you to be uninformed, here they are, yeah, sorry Chris, thank you, so we don't want, I'm going to leave that up, if you want to take the notes, I'm going to run through it real quick, First of all, don't be uninformed to their existence. Their existence. There are two major stances in the Christian church, the the continuists and the cessationists. The cessationists say that uh, we had the gifts for the apostolic age. I think the apostolic age has come to the end as well for about 100 years. We don't need them anymore. Uh, We're part of the continuous school. We still believe in the gifts of the Spirit for today. Then, not being uninformed about the source of the gifts. In the original book of Corinthians, Paul was writing to Corinth, which was a backdrop of idol worship and expressions of darkness, and he reminded them of the purity of the source. It wasn't of the flesh, it wasn't of the devil, the gifts were of the Holy Spirit, divine in source. Number three, and here's where the rub comes sometimes, the nature of the gifts. The gifts are beyond the natural, but they operate through people who are very natural. He's called the church of Jesus Christ. He's called the followers of the Lord. And God uses these people beyond their natural ability to work his power to others. Sam Storms, a great writer on this particular subject, says, God's gifts are God's presence in and through human thoughts Deeds, words, and love. So if we had 20 people this morning, I lined them up on the platform. Don't worry, I'm not gonna do it. Say, okay, come on, guys, prophesy. 20. What you have is 20 expressions of the gift of prophecy through 20 human vehicles. Some people would be very articulate in their prophecy because they're articulate 24 7. Well, they're clever, they've been to Oxford University. Oh, and so they will prophesy like that. Somebody else says, Oh, my dog. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> you know, but God's given the gift of prophecy. Yeah. And somehow it'll be a bit more raw, a bit, a bit more edgy. But we need to hear God. Yeah. We need to hear God. And that's the rub. The gift is beyond us, but it comes through us. Yeah. <clears throat> They are not of us, they are supernatural, but through the human vehicle. And we must discern that well, because God is not going to give his gifts to robots. He's not going to give it to the plantations. He's not going to give it to the trees. He's going to give it to the church of Jesus Christ. Number four, their availability. In 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1, eagerly desire the gifts eagerly be a god be passionate so well well i thought i feel going on about the gifts of spirit i'm not really bothered well you're not really setting yourself up for a gift to come from you but the passion of this morning is you find a quiet place and say god I don't want to be uninformed about the gifts. I want to read about these gifts. I want you to think that you can use me, Lord, in all my human frailty, eagerly design the gifts. I've got, a, I've got a, a, a grand baby. Well, he's not a baby anymore, but I've got a grandson story from last week. Caleb was five on Thursday, and I took Sharon down after church last week, came back Monday to Cardiff. That's a stretch. And um, he, uh, he's been told, Caleb, uh, don't be asking people for presents. And uh, anyway, we literally walked in the door. Hey, hi, Charlotte. Hi, Granny. Granny, have you got me a present? <laughs> have you got me a present? Yeah, and his birthday wasn't till Thursday, but there was no way we were going to wait. And so we, we did the presents. It was eagerly... Accepting the gifts. He was stepping in. He wasn't going to wait till Thursday. He wanted it now. (laughs) When was the last time you were eager for the gifts? Those of you that used to prophesy think, well, I haven't prophesied for 10 years. Come on. Release the gift of prophecy. In this needy world again today, the church will heal the voice of the Lord. You used to like to pray for people to be healed. And, uh, and blessed. And maybe you've had one or two kicks along the way and one or two disappointments and thought, I won't bother anymore. Come on, begin to lay hands on people and believe that people will be healed in the name of Jesus, eagerly desiring the gifts. Number five, the necessity, because it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, yeah. says the Lord. And we are not going to win the battle in the ages, friends, by simply being clever. We're going to do it by the power of the Spirit. I tell you, the forces that we're against in these days are evil. And they are fueled by popular culture. Rolling out all sorts of things that want to take us to a place that doesn't honor God. And we need the Spirit of the Lord to rise up, to build His church, to bring expression to the body, and to declare the good news of the kingdom The use of the gifts. The Corinth church was immature. The book of Corinthians is what we call a pastoral corrective. In other words, big man Paul was coming in saying, you know, and you can read about it in the chapters. They were immature. And sometimes they misuse the gifts, they stop being tools to be used for the kingdom and toys to be thrown around in the kindergarten. Whoa, watch out. Somebody's throwing a boom. And again, we've had churches say, well, if that's how people are going to operate the gifts, we don't want them anymore. Friends, the mature response is not disuse because of abuse, but proper use for the glory of God and for the praise of his name that brings us to using the gifts. And f- lastly, the operation of the gifts. I was tempted to sort of go here this morning and begin to talk about the gifts of demonstration and the gifts of impartation and the gifts of revelation. And it's all there, but you're going to have to come to the Arena Ministry School to sort of learn how about that a bit more. <laughs> but gifts to help us supernaturally speak Tongues, interpretation and prophecy. Gifts to help us supernaturally know. Wisdom, knowledge and the discerning of the spirits. Gifts to help us suit and to act. Miracles, faith and the gifts of healing. Gifts. The operation of the gifts. I've been in Pentecost long enough to know At one time we thought that the gifts of the spirit in Pentecost was somebody coming every Sunday morning giving the same tongue every week expecting sister so and so to come up with a different interpretation And we all went away and thought, ooh, we got a message. And we completely ignored the message, which was the preacher. He's bigger than that, guys. He's gifts in the church, but hey, it's gifts from the church. He's gifts from the church. And here's how it works. And I really want to try and land it in the last few moments. You see, sometimes the gifts of the Spirit has been portrayed as the wide-eyed, charismatic preacher calling people out, And we need that sense of anointing in the body of Christ at times. But what about the gifts of the Spirit where you quietly go up to somebody and say, I've got a word for you? Prophetic. Please weigh it, judge it, bin it if it's inappropriate, but I feel God. Or you're talking to somebody at work and all of a sudden, does this make any sense? well how did you know that when all of a sudden God in his economy gives you a word of knowledge that helps that person to know that he knows everything and it opens up the situation for you to minister the love of God Or well, what about doing it appropriately we understand all the issues of the public space at work where somebody needs that arm around the shoulder let's pray that God will bring a healing See, it's not the charismatic razzmatazz guy that's trading around the world on the gifts of the Spirit. It's the body of Christ. Quietly, unobtrusively, coming alongside people that gets encouragement on a Sunday and walks into their world and the Spirit of God says, you know what, I can do something beyond your natural, through your natural, to make an amazing Difference. Let me take you as I close to that old romantic film. The, the, uh, the man's been spurned by his, his, uh, his, uh, his lover and uh, he's mortified. Normally, this sort of you know, he's chasing her down the street and, the, and he's pouring down with rain. You know, he's, he's Let go there with me. You know, he's pouring down with rain. He's got a bunch of flowers in his hand. It's his desperate last bid to call her back to be with her forever. And she tosses the flowers with contempt, and they wash down the gutter. And he's broken-hearted, and the violins are literally playing. I wonder if any guy's been there this morning. Ooh. You see, he wanted to give her a gift, but it wasn't accepted. It was rejected. It was neglected. And the Spirit of God, right from the beginning of this service today, and every time we meet, broods over us. And just says again to Arena Church today, Arena Church, I want to give some gifts. I want to give some gifts. It's just what I am. I want to give some gifts. There's not an age limit to it. Can we believe some teenagers operating in the gifts of the Spirit? Can we believe some senior citizens finding a fresh leap of faith? Can we believe some people pressing and saying, I've been thinking about that, Phil. Now's the time to go. And step into what God wants to do. In the last 120 years, God has done a remarkable work in the earth. Out of the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles in 1904-5, we have millions of people across the earth today that love God and are full of His Spirit. In fact, one recent statistic says by the year 2050... It's thought that one in ten people in the earth will be a spirit-filled believer. I've not used the word Pentecostal because I don't want to sound tribal. You might come from the Anglicans, but speaking tongues, you know what I'm saying. God is pouring out of his spirit. God is pouring out of his spirit. And I come to God sometimes as a minister and say, God, I'm sorry I tried to do it in my own efforts. I want to bring my passion. I want to bring my preparation. I want to bring who I am, Lord. But it's not by my might or my by power. It's by your spirit, says the Lord. And we sang an old song. Well, I sang an old song, 30 years old this morning, it was great. And there's another old song of that era, written by a lady, Melody Green, whose songwriter husband was killed in a plane accident, taken out in a moment. The inexplicable happenings of life. Thank you, O my Father, for giving us your son and leaving your spirit till the work on earth is done. The Spirit of God coming to your office. The Spirit of God coming to the building site. The Spirit of God coming to that old people as you deliver the groceries. The Spirit of God into that nursing ward. The Spirit of God in that prison. The Spirit of God at the community project tomorrow. The Spirit of God on the street run with the parents that are trying to find what God wants to do. The Spirit of God with a conversation with somebody that's right with fear about the cost of living crisis. And so it goes on. Paul says, I long to come to see you. This is to the Roman church that I might impart unto you some spiritual gift may we continually eagerly desire the gifts of the spirit may they flow through the body of Christ in arena both in the building and from the building may each of us be set up to realize that God wants to use us May life be impacted and the kingdom extended because the Spirit of God's not gone quiet, He's not took His baton and said, I don't want to bless people anymore. He wants to give His church.